You're listening to Life Repurposed with Michelle Rayburn, where you'll find uplifting and practical advice for everyday living, creative inspiration for do-it-yourself projects, and recommendations for books and resources that will encourage you to embrace your life repurposed. I'm your host, Michelle Rayburn. Hello, my Life Repurposed friends. Today I have a guest, and Stephanie has been with us before. Today, she's coming back to talk about Christmas. So we're going to be talking about how different it is right now to be navigating through a holiday season without the reassurance of our traditions, our gatherings, all of those things because of the reality of COVID-19. So let me tell you a little bit about Stephanie. She is a pastor's wife, a former teacher, a mother of two grown girls. Stephanie Hovland has helped others connect to God. She finds unique ways that each of us can kindle the fires of our faith-filled lives. She's the first to admit she has plenty to work on, but Stephanie loves to walk alongside other Christian women, sharing weaknesses and strengths and supporting one another. At the end of the show, I'll have links to Stephanie's website, but you'll also find it in the show notes for today's episode at michellerayburn.com slash 67. So listen in as we talk about preparing for Christmas in a season when everything isn't like it always has been. Welcome to episode number 67 of Life Repurposed. I have a guest here who's a familiar face. We can't see each other when we're listening on the podcast, but Stephanie and I can see each other right now. So I have Stephanie Hovland with me today. She's an author, and I just shared a little bit about who she is. But today we're going to be talking about Christmas. And I think your Christmas might look a little bit different this year than it has in other years. So Stephanie, welcome to the show. Thank you. It's good to be back. So you've told me that you're making some changes this year. I've seen on Facebook you putting out some questions, asking people for some ideas. What do you think some of the struggles are that people are dealing with as we look ahead? Now, this is airing before Thanksgiving because we're already thinking about what's going to happen right after Thanksgiving when we move into Advent season. Yeah, I'm seeing it with Thanksgiving a bit and and looking ahead to Christmas. My mom already told me like a month ago, by the way, we're not doing Christmas this year. We're not getting it together at all because my mom and dad are in kind of fragile health conditions and she just doesn't want to risk it. Um, They barely leave the house. So for them, there's a lot of isolation going on. Um, So there's mental health issues with feeling isolated and alone and wanting to do things with family, but seeing no way to do it. So I've already seen her coming up with a couple of solutions. Um, So I'm going to try to help her with that, like a way that we could do something or exchange gifts and not feel exposed, um, feel like our health is in danger. Um, One of the ideas that I, my sister and I are kind of working out is that um, I would go there, nobody else from my family, just me. I would go there and make sure I'm all clean and everything, you know, not bringing anything with me and um, load my mom and dad into our van Uh, maybe have a thermos of hot chocolate and drive them around looking at Christmas lights and then go home. So they don't have to get out and expose themselves to any viruses, any flu, anything like that. Um, And they get out of the house for a little bit. So I think the isolation, the feeling of I want to travel, I've been feeling that even though I get out of the house more than, than my parents do, I still feel like traveling, getting away. And yet if you get away, where where do you go? What do you do? It's all, everything has changed and you don't, and then 
for me, I want to go out and do something, but I don't want to accidentally bring something to my parents' house. Right. You know, and, and I know some other people who have lost their jobs, whose businesses have gone under. And I don't think this is the first time they've been having financial issues, but it seems more impactful this year. It is all compounded. Yeah. And I think that we kind of think that sometimes extra gifts or extra whatever will help us get through the other stuff. Mm -hmm. And so if you don't have, if you can't get together with your family, you can't spend a bunch of money on stuff that makes you feel good. (laughs) You know, what is there? Like everything is is adding up to, to being an isolated kind of devastating holiday. Um, I do think though that a lot of people have been in similar situations, um, maybe at separate times in their life, like maybe they were hospitalized one holiday, or maybe they were in financial kind of despair another holiday, and they made it through it because they knew it was temporary. Mm -hmm. And I think sometimes we forget that, like we forget that we were there and that we made everybody homemade jelly one year. And that was our gift. You know, but what's different this year is that we're all experiencing some degree of this. So in the past, I've, I've observed people who have gone through that. They've had a surgery or a health setback or something that's happened. It's very lonely for them because the rest of the world is moving forward and they're alone at home or isolated. Now we all have some degree of this. So I feel like it's a collective sadness that I'm seeing in people versus one, like we all need the emotional support. So where do we turn right. to get that emotional support? One friend might be struggling with isolation because they're an extrovert and another is an introvert. All those different factors that come into play. I was just thinking we could be a community about this, though. If we're all in that same situation, why don't we get creative together? Exactly. That's part of the reason I reached out on Facebook to my friends. Because I'm like, why, why don't we get creative together? I know there's a fatigue like a Zoom fatigue. So Zooming over Thanksgiving dinner might be a solution for some and others are going to be like, no, I can't stand another minute on there. Right. Um, but but we can get together and, and do this together because we all are in the same boat. So why not, you know, generate some new traditions, some new ideas and, and help each other through it. Yeah, I like that. Instead of saying, I can't, I can't do this, I can't do that. And then we're so focused on what we can't do. And we miss all of the things that we can do that make it even more meaningful. So last year, my kids, we just talked before Thanksgiving about what we're going to do at Christmas. And we had all decided we were not going to do any gifts that year. So we didn't. We didn't open any gifts on Christmas Day when we were together. We enjoyed a meal together, hung out, and then a few months after, we did go away for a weekend to a cabin and just hung out, and uh, we paid for that as our kind of a Christmas gift for them. But now it's different. You know, we can't do that. But let's talk about your story a little bit and how you've also experienced some changes in the traditions and the gift giving. Yeah, I I used to be very, very do-it-all kind of person. I don't know that I did it well, but I tried to do more and more and more. And one of my old bad habits was if I'm feeling overwhelmed, I should do more. (laughs) Like, I don't, I can't explain why that made sense to me, but it really did. I think it was the newness of a new project. So if I'm stressed out because I don't have all the Christmas gifts bought, let's make gingerbread houses from scratch, you know, stuff like that. (laughs) And I would just add, add, add. Well, I was at that time, my kids were of the age where they were doing sports. I was teaching at a school that was 30 miles away from my house. So we had a little commute back and forth every day. I was teaching very long hours. 
I was very stressed out by my job. I was also the only church musician at our church. We had a very small church where my husband was the pastor and I was the only one who did music. So I had to be there for every service, no matter what. And when Advent comes in a ministry family, you just feel stretched more. So I was stretched more and more and more and more. And the one Christmas, I I didn't go on strike. It's going to sound like that, but I didn't. I just had had it. I could do no more. I was, I'm sure I was clinically depressed, um, but I was so stressed out that I just couldn't do it. I mean, I was like weeping because I couldn't even find the energy or the will to put up the Christmas tree. It was a very frustrating tree, by the way. (laughs) So um, There was that. I couldn't imagine the struggle of trying to put that tree together again. Um, But I just couldn't do anything. And I told my family, I said, I'm sorry. We had gotten all the way close to Christmas when by then I'd usually had some decorations up, some little scenes set up, the Christmas tree up, presents under the tree, some cooking done. And I had done nothing. And I told them, I'm sorry, but I I just can't do anything. I, I, I said, I can't do anything. We're not doing anything this Christmas, except for I had already bought the girls a couple of presents. So it's not like they didn't get anything, but no tree. No extra cooking, nothing. And the year before that, I had gone the opposite. I had gotten so stressed out that I made a table full of baked goods. We had enough cookies and cake and pies to feed the whole neighborhood. And it didn't work either. (laughs) So I had one of excess and one of nothing. And I just crashed. And they weren't mad at me. They were concerned. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And after it was done... You know, I'm sure we watched a few Christmas movies. I don't remember what we ate. Could have been pizza. I don't know. But we got done with it all and we talked about it. We sat down a couple weeks later and we said, what did we really miss? Like, what made it feel like it wasn't Christmas? Well, we went to church together. That was a given. So we really had what we, we in our family valued. We had Jesus. But we found that we really missed the tree. Mm. We wanted the tree to be up. Even if it had no ornaments on it, just a tree with lights, we were good. And we did really like at least one present apiece. There was something about giving presents and receiving that we like. But we didn't need to travel to family. We didn't need family to come. We didn't need 15 different kinds of cookies. We just needed a few things. So we picked, you know, two or three things that we said, okay, next year, we focus on that. And if we do extra, that's great. But if we don't, we're yeah. good. I've had last year, I didn't actually put up the tree either. I, I just didn't. Sometimes I do just put one up and get lights on. I, I did it every year when the kids were home and we're both empty nesters now. So it was a lot more fun when the kids were helping with the decorating. Once it became my responsibility to put the ornaments on, there was that conversation of the fun of talking about the silly ones that we used every year. It was just me putting those up and it just wasn't the same. So that's mm-hmm. partly why the tree tradition has changed some. But I used to do the things like stamp my own homemade wrapping paper. And I don't do Christmas baking anymore either. I feel like my mom brings one plate over during the season at some point. That's enough. <laughs> that's enough treats for us. Yeah, I used to send stamped cards. I I'd did start too. them in the summer. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't do that. Have you mailed Christmas cards in the last few years? Uh, a couple of years ago, I sent some just to a select few people. That was yeah, it. Yeah, I didn't get around to them. I bought some on clearance a couple of years ago, and they're still in my Christmas box. I get them out every year thinking I'm going to write them out, and I don't. Instead, I have been more intentional about reaching out to people. 
But before we move on to talking about some solutions, is there anything else about your story that you can help us relate to when it comes to the struggle of doing it all at Christmas? I think for me, it took a crash Mm. to realize I couldn't do it all. I I don't know if you could have talked me into that before then, but I I hate for people to wait until they crash to get so stressed out that you're, you're physically, you know, exhausted every single day and weeping into your pillow (laughs) at night. Um, It shouldn't get to that point, but, but it has made me think about this in other areas of my life as well, but especially the holidays, Thanksgiving and Christmas. I have thought about what, like, what's my mindset? What really is my priority? And I know for a lot of people, it's family. So you have to ask yourself, what does that mean? Mm -hmm. And especially this year where family isn't necessarily in person, how then do I connect to my family uh, during this time? For, for me, God is super, super important. In fact, um, for Advent, I'm in a church where we really get into Advent before Christmas. And it's not just extra Christmas. It's, it's preparing your heart in a very humble way. Mm-hmm. And so for me, that is, I have found that to be more helpful than I realized in the past, that it makes it so that there's not such a big expectation of that Christmas service, that it's everything there's this whole leading up to it and just realizing that all I need is Jesus mm-hmm. so that if I fail in another part, you know, Christmas baking or whatever, I don't really feel like a failure. We can laugh at it because there wasn't so much pressure to be the perfect baker and just realize, well, if we, if, if I have Jesus, then that's great. And for us, I know this is going to sound weird. Family hasn't been that high of a priority because there were, were years where we lived too far away from family. And because my husband's in ministry, um, it would be days after the actual holiday before we could travel. So for us, celebrating on the actual day with our family is not a high priority. Mm-hmm. But checking in with them and, and connecting with them sometime within that time period is. Mm-hmm. But it's not the same as it would be for other families. So they, I think just to ask yourself, what is truly important? And then ask yourself then everything that I do, all those things. How do they relate to what's important to me? Because if they're not related, maybe I need to try letting them go this year and see what happens. Yeah. So tradition is something that a lot of people value. In our family, we haven't had some of the traditions because some years we're doing one thing or some years another. I was the only or one of the only piano players for a long time in the two churches that we were part of as we were raising our kids. So it was not uncommon for us to come home after the Christmas Eve service and know we had to be back the next morning for another service. And so our Christmas celebrations were different, or we just had frozen snacks that we warmed up in the oven or something like that. But this is a time for everyone to evaluate what they can do that's going to make it meaningful for them. And so let's talk about that. Some of the ideas you've been brainstorming, let's together brainstorm some ways that people can prepare themselves for these next few weeks so that this is a meaningful Christmas and that the focus stays on Jesus. So as we think about that, I think about how in the past as a speaker for Christmas teas and stuff like that, you know, we have these Jesus is the reason for the season cliche kind of things. Or we talk about the real meaning of Christmas. And really, Stephanie, you've already got at the heart of it when you talked about Jesus. But I think we take that in sort of a Hallmark movie direction in thinking about the real meaning of the season and expect that there's some sort of magical thing that's going to happen. We have to intentionally 
be prepared for the coming of Christ. So what are some things you've done that have made this meaningful in your family? Well, we've done different things over the years and some years, you know, different things worked better than others. But one thing we do or have done is an advent wreath Mm. with the four candles on it. And it corresponds to the one that we have at our church. And there's a devotion booklet that usually goes with it. Now I've picked up different devotional resources over the years, but if we can sometimes when our own family devotions don't gel like they should, we still somehow can pull it together for some of the advent ones because it's a shorter season than the whole year and it's special. So that to me is a, a good way to do it because your, your mind gets in that prep mm-hmm. kind of thing. And we also like to think about some of the traditions our families have done and sometimes do them before Christmas. Mm. So on my husband's side, uh, they like lefse. And I had never even heard of that before I was engaged to him. So we'll have lefse for Thanksgiving. We might have lefse some other time during Advent or Christmas. But, but one thing we do is we don't tie everything to that specific Christmas yeah. date. And we try to spread things out and so on. I think there's just a lot of pressure for Christmas Day yeah. or Christmas Eve. And, and like you said, the magical thinking, like if I, do, if I have just the right presents and I have just the right this and we go to church at the right time, everybody's, when my kids were little, the chance of everything working out <laughs> to even get to Christmas service on time, I can't even imagine. But we just, we put so much pressure on that one day. Yeah. So why not spread it out? And we think it's going to be it snowing when we come out of church and we ride away in a sleigh or something. Yes. And I have actually walked out of one of the Christmas services and it was snowing. I have gently. too. <laughs> Yeah, so we can we can think about preparing spiritually, and that helps us to keep our focus in the right place. Another way that we have to prepare is to be thinking about what are we going to do different if we can't gather? And I'm using the word can't because we can't, but I don't want to be focused on can't. So let's think of what we can do. Yeah, I for my family, we, like I said, we're still working it out. Mm-hmm. For my husband's family, they were actually thinking of coming down here for Thanksgiving, and um, I father-in-law had a surgery pop up all of a sudden that they need to do next week so he can't travel. So we're going to do the Zoom thing Mm -hmm. during part of the Thanksgiving dinner and share that way. I have actually been reaching out to people more with handwritten notes lately, Mm -hmm. even people that I might not have reached out to before that I feel might be more isolated and, and feeling lonely. I also have planned to take a little baggie with some goodies over to my neighbor because I got a new neighbor this last year. And I have talked to her briefly. I know a little bit of her spiritual background. So I'm thinking of taking over a devotional book and maybe a couple snacks or something in a bag and dropping it off and, you know, staying distant enough mm-hmm. so we can, we can connect face-to-face without too much interaction. Right. And uh, phone calls. I've been doing more phone calls and more texting, just a lot more communicating, mm-hmm. I think rather than the traditional face-to-face. Yeah. Even when we are together, now my sister was just here from out of state, and we we're trying to figure out now how are we going to work that out because she's coming from out of state. I'm in an area where COVID-19 is experiencing a big burst of cases. So what we did was um, she stayed at my parents' house, and so that was their little pod of people. When I came, I didn't come for any meals. So... I joined them with a mask on. We were all masked up and we visited a bit and then I went home again. So there may be some people that need to rethink the food focus of their holiday and come up with a way of potentially 
wearing a mask or something just to have the social side of things to be together if they can do that safely. I know it's hard if somebody's staying overnight and all that kind of thing. But, you know, some of the compromising of saying maybe we don't need to sit shoulder to shoulder at a dinner table, that's hard because not everyone wants to sacrifice that, but the relationships matter. Right. And I think food is, for a lot of people, very central Mm -hmm. to the holidays because, like I said, lefsa for Mm -hmm. my husband's family, but we also have both of our grandmas had cookie recipes for the holidays that I made sure I learned at some mm-hmm. point and I want to pass down to the girls. But yeah, we might have to reevaluate how, and how could you even do that differently? Mm-hmm. Could you send something through the mail? Could you make up a, a goodie plate that goes home with somebody instead of sitting around the table, eating it together? Yeah. We just, I think we need to be creative in our thinking instead of focusing on wanting it to be the same. We all want things to be the same as they always are, but if that's not prudent, and I'm a person who is always thinking about the rules, and so I'm always thinking about a way that we can work within the rules, and I know that's hard because um, sometimes it's annoying when people like me say, oh, I don't want to do it the traditional way. We're navigating a lot of new things this season. There are some resources that Stephanie wants to share with us that maybe can help us figure out how to plan Christmas, how to prepare our hearts. So what I'd like to do first is talk about your devotionals, because Stephanie has written some Advent devotionals. Would you tell us a little bit about those? Sure. These are two little booklets I get Um, invited to write for a publication called Creative Communications for the Parish, sometimes two or three times a year, other times just once a year. And this year, they let me do two Christmas-themed, Advent-themed booklets. One of them is for kids, and it's based on the Jesse tree. Now, I know a lot of families that actually do stuff with the Jesse tree, and they were looking for more resources. So this one's actually called Jesus Family Tree. And it is for kids, but it's more for families. Mm -hmm. Um, I know teachers who use it in their classroom. And the publisher has other products that go with it. They're always adding on, Mm -hmm. you know. But they have little ornaments. You can buy even a little paper tree, I think, that you can stand up. But you can do the devotion book by yourself with your kids. And it has really brief devotions. And then it gives suggestions for more Bible readings if you want to do more with it. Yeah, so I'll have a link to that at michellerayburn.com slash 67. And then you also have one that we're going to do a giveaway of on Facebook. So if you're a listener, you're going to want to go to Michelle Rayburn author on Facebook because you'll see the post that goes with this, or I'll have a link to it in that show notes too. So tell us about that one, Stephanie. All right, this is actually a prayer book. It has a Bible verse and then a prayer for each one. And I know some people use it solely as a devotion book. It, it just kind of gets them in that thought process. It's called Hark the Herald Angels Sing, and it's based on the themes from It's a Wonderful Life. So I got to watch the movie like in March when I was writing this. I watched the movie, took notes on little things that popped up, any little thing I could think that had any biblical connection whatsoever. And then I sat down and wrote the prayers. And the way I like to use prayer books like this is you start reading this and if you can read them out loud, Mm -hmm. and this is what I do with mine, I read them out loud and then I just keep going. So I don't stop with the words there. It's more like a prayer starter. Yeah. So it gets you in that mindset and then you just kind of keep going and you keep talking to God and 
it makes for a great Advent conversation mm-hmm. every day with God. And the theme is mostly around angels. But if you like watching It's a Wonderful Life and you get this little prayer booklet, it's a really nice connection. Is there anything with um, a bell ringing in there? I think maybe. I can't remember how I did that because I was thinking <laughs> there's some things where you go, how can I work yeah. that in? I'm pretty sure I worked it in. I just don't remember how. <laughs> So that will also be in the show notes, and you'll want to watch for the giveaway on that. And then Stephanie has a resource that she found helpful in her own Christmas planning that she wanted to tell us about. This is a book by Kathy Lipp. Yes, she came out with it last year, and she had a Facebook group. It might still be running, but I know it was mostly to launch the book, but it was to also help people work through the book. So it's called The Christmas Project Planner. And the really cool thing is that it's set up so that you can write in it, but I totally don't do that. I get post-it notes out right <laughs> on my post-it on there, and then I can reuse it over mm-hmm. and over and over. But she has, she starts out with how we started out. She starts out and says, what is meaningful to your Christmas? How do you make Christmas meaningful? Instead of saying, we have to do this, 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 she wants you to narrow it down to what are your priorities, like Jesus, food, family, mm-hmm. you know, something like that. And then she has you write that down and actually develop a mission statement for your holiday season to help keep you focused so that we don't get so distracted by, like, I have to do homemade bows on my presents, Mm -hmm. you know, unless that's really important to you, fine. Uh, But she has menu planning, talks about Christmas pictures. She has some, there are some recipes in here, lots of little lists, like stocking stuffers, there's budgeting sheets things to give people that you know you can't meet in person. So that might be Mm -hmm. particularly helpful this year. Things that you can mail people easily. Cookies crumble a lot of times. So what can you send to somebody that's practical that they can use? She wrote a book called Clutter Free. So I I believe there's a section on like gifts that don't make more clutter in your house. Um, I've got some of those pinned on Pinterest too, because I know some clutter bugs in my family and I'm always going, no, don't give them something they have to dust, (laughs) you know, (laughs) give them something they can consume and be done with Mm -hmm. it. So I found it really helpful last year. I didn't work through the whole thing, uh, but I did go through certain sections and they gave me ideas of how to just stay focused on what really matters. I think that's my biggest takeaway from our conversation today is that idea of looking at like those top three of what really matters and focusing on that, because that's going to be different for every listener. So if we focus on those, then we have to get creative within that. So if family's the most important, then we have to figure out creative ways of still having that family time, maybe not in the same way. If decorations are important, figuring out, you know, how can I do that without going shopping or without burning myself out or, you know, there's different things in each person's list. And for me, I think um, the mission statement thing is actually helpful to think about too, because I think it would keep my focus in the right place. Something I need too for myself that I don't know if it would fit in that whole idea that well, but I don't like doing the same thing over and over. Like I, I need creativity. Mm -hmm. I found this when I was teaching, I could never teach the same lesson the same way twice. I just need creativity. So for me, I can stick to some of the same stuff I've done before and just change it up Mm -hmm. and say, how can I make Like this year for Thanksgiving, we have been going to our in-laws in the past, which was nice. I go there and just crash and let them cook everything. (laughs) (laughs) But now we were going to host it here and it's going to be very limited. It's just my daughter and her fiance there are coming. But I'm buying a fresh turkey instead of a frozen one. 
And so that's my, that's like my big, huge thing. And it all of a sudden it makes it fun yeah. and, and challenging again, even though I haven't changed anything major. Yeah. So for Christmas too, you could take something you've always done and say, how can I freshen it up? How can I change it up? And how can I work within my budget and within my means to, to make it work? And sometimes just the slightest change for me is all I mm-hmm. need. Where can people find you online? Because I know you're putting together some of these ideas. And if someone wants to get more, can they find you on social media or are you blogging? I have been posting some articles and I'm due to post some more soon um, on my website, stephaniehovland.com. I am on Facebook. I have a personal account and an author account. I'm on Twitter, but I don't get on there very much. But I will notice if you reach out to me there. It's at Steph Hovland there. I'll put a link in the show notes to your website and your social media because there might be people who want to continue the conversation. I also have a new life repurposed community on Facebook where I ask some questions after each episode posts. So I'll start a discussion there for any listeners who want to find Life Repurposed, the Facebook group, and we can ask some questions. And if I can't find answers, I'll ask Stephanie to join us and give us some ideas. I think that's a great (laughs) idea. I like the idea of that group. So yeah, thank you for being with me. Is there anything else you'd like to leave my listeners with today as we think about Christmas? I just want them to not be stressed. Like take take something off your plate. Um, there's so many stresses right now we can't control. So let go of something that you are able to control just to make life a little bit easier this year. That's great advice. Thanks again, Stephanie, for coming back to Life Repurposed. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed that conversation with Stephanie as we talked about how we can repurpose our holidays and really change our mindset in a way that we can anticipate a wonderful holiday season, even though it's different than other years. If you enjoyed our conversation and you're looking for more practical tips, I'm going to be back next week talking with some of those that I've gathered from social media, from friends, just some ways that other people are finding a life repurposed as they walk through the next couple of weeks of the holiday season without all of the same traditions that we've always had. So I hope you'll be back next week to get some more ideas for how you can celebrate your holidays and how you can make it fun and creative, even if there are some limitations on what you usually do. Have a great week and I'll see you next time. You've been listening to Life Repurposed with Michelle Rayburn. Check out tips, resources, and inspiration at michellerayburn.com. I'd love it if you would subscribe to the podcast on your favorite platform, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, iHeartRadio, or Spotify. I'd also love it if you would like, review, and share the information about this podcast with your friends. Thank you so much for listening.